You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. It's a night episode once again, Ken, and you're looking at me as if craziness is about to happen. I think so. I think we're all delirious, as per usual. We're, mm-hmm. we're bathed in sun and say, drenched in sunscreen. Way too much today, time out the this sun. This is t- time stamping, but today is Memorial Day, so we're Here all outside. US, yeah. 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 Getting some sun. Matt, you, you say were, we all are, except for me, who is at work. You're at the conglomerate <laughs> Which today. Which I'm sure yeah. is uh, invigorating. Yeah, people need their conglomerate shakes on... Memorial and Day. how many people walked in and asked you to put sunscreen on their back? At least 10. Conglomerate Chase. Right. What a great name for a product. <laughs> and a good band name as well. Uh, well, we're, we're all excited to, uh, to be here today uh, on the holiday uh, because we are timestamping it. Who cares? Uh, but uh, we're joined by some very special guests. Our first guest is actually going to be hosting today's game. You might recognize uh, his last game, which we had sort of a wild time with. Uh, it was episode 198 called Sam Jumps. He's our own uh, Samuel Beckett, Triviality's own quantum leaper uh coming to us from huntsville alabama dutch enthusiast on patreon will nevin how are you will i'm doing well and i'm sorry for anyone who enjoyed the last episode no poop jokes in this one oh my apologies oh, nuts that's glad okay. to have you back though i love sam leaps that was a great great one i have a feeling that you're gonna provide five good categories at the end perhaps yeah <laughs> i get it good <laughs> joke for anyone uh, who doesn't remember that episode uh why don't you fill us in on who you are what you're up to and uh, anything else you'd like to, to tell us about Sure. Uh, I am a college professor here in Huntsville. I teach at the University, or excuse me, Alabama A&M. Uh, I was at the uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, so it's it's been a year of changes, uh, but uh, I'm happy to be here. And uh, yeah, uh, we've got, uh, once again, a real stupid game. Uh, so yeah, it should be fun. I love stupid games. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a stupid game, especially for four stupid people in the studio here. Um it's Speaking the game for or a lack of seriousness, guys. That's this right. Is, this is what we're here for. Uh, well, our guest today, uh, we're super excited to have back. I believe not I could stupid, not stupid. No, and we could. I could be wrong. Speaking of stupid, I like how we have to like make that completely obvious, even though it's not. Necessary. I have to check the notes here. Oh, I think Foley. might be our foot, our first uh, Canadian listener, maybe of all time perhaps perhaps it's very close I, I believe it could be our first canadian listener is your mom canadian she is not canadian she okay. acts canadian but she's definitely american Fair enough. Um, yeah, my mom's still not listening also not canadian. also not canadian is that because every time i approach your mom and complain about you she tells me she's sorry stop approaching <laughs> his right. mom 
but uh, she is a savage superstar on Patreon, coming to us from Edmonton. We also like to call her Triviality's Roller Derby Captain uh, because she's a badass. And that is Stacy McPeak. How are you, Stacy? Hi, Neil. Or hi, everybody. Um, no, just I, and Neil, also, point fine. of order, it is. It was not uh, Memorial Day here either, so I worked full day yeah. as well, yeah. um, as did most of my country folks. Did you have to put sunscreen uh, yeah. on anyone's back today, like Matt? <laughs> no, I was in this very seat where I am right now, where I work most of the time. Well, that's so wonderful. No that's one better. came in, even my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you remind folks a little bit about yourself? Uh, fair enough. Uh, I'm Stacy. I play trivia, ergo why I'm here. I'm a lawyer by day. I work in professional regulation, making sure that lawyers are, not actually not lawyers anymore, doctors and uh, dentists in Alberta don't uh, screw over their patients. Noble profession. Very noble profession. And what would you say to the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors? Would you represent him or would you just kind (laughs) of ignore it? Well, I, I, I always prosecute them, the prosecutor, so I Ooh. definitely would not represent them. Put, yeah. the, put the screws to uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, take him yeah. down. That's uh, right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Stacey, you're going to be playing today, and there was a little bit of a, a rock, paper, scissors going on here. Very intense, uh, and it seems to be that you're going to be partnering with Matt. Is that right, Matt? That is correct. All right. Any... And I lost rock, paper, scissors. You lost, but you're mm-hmm. playing. that means you get to play with me. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff, you're going to score keep. That is correct. All right. So, Stacey, you're going to partner with Matt. Any uh, preference on a team name? Matt, anything? Well, I won uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors. She's from Canada. will be Rock, Maple, Scissors. All right. <laughs> rock, Maple, Scissors. And, That's uh, dumb, right? Good. And, uh, <laughs> and Neil, I just saw a tweet about a cat named Baby Jeff, so I think we should be <laughs> Baby Jeff. Baby Jeff. Yeah. All right. The only cat I ever liked. All right. And Sorry, I don't know who to credit the tweet to. It was funny, though. Baby Jeff. That's okay. That's a good team name, though. And Will, uh, as host, any preference on the rules read as we throw it to the rules? Uh, let's get that Conway Twitty version. <laughs> All right. Cue up Conway Twitty. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. What does that mean? It was long. It was long. It was longer than normal. It was like an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this joke. Don't look at me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, we, I assume it's a Family Guy reference. Is that? Is that? Is it not? Conway Twitty is a musician. Yeah, famous oh, musician. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, that, we can't. We couldn't play it actually because of copyright. But <laughs> but Darren did a good job. He did. Yeah. He tries uh, best. Well, uh, feel free to take it away. We're we're uh, ready to go over here. All right, I promised a stupid game, and you might say that this first round is scared stupid uh, because this round celebrates the life, the career, the many varied interests of one James Albert Varney or Ernest. First round, Ernest saves triviality. (laughs) Question number one. Varney was born June 15th, 1949 in Lexington, Kentucky, the heart of bourbon country. By law, bourbon mash, the substance distilled in the alluring intoxicant, must be at least 51% of what grain? Yeah, I like, I like that. Okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and lock in here. Hmm. Stacy, what are you thinking? I think it's corn, isn't it? I was going to say corn. It's mostly grown in Kentucky and Tennessee, which is big corn country. 
Uh, so corn would be my guess too. So I think we're good to lock in with corn. And uh, Ken, you were saying corn or rye. Yeah, I said corn, and you said nay. Oh no, I just said really. I was in, oh. I was intrigued. Okay, and then we said rye. <laughs> yeah, we said rye. So we think rye. Points for one team, incredibly close for another. It is corn whiskey. All Ooh, right, corn whiskey. It can be. It can include rye, barley, any other grain. Uh, I've actually had one with quinoa, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got to be at least fifty-one percent corn. Yeah, and Ernest was actually I the basis in things. corn, so that's how I knew that. <laughs> that would have been a great movie. Ernest takes corn. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize that <laughs> uh, corn is in everything. I just realized in America, yeah. especially, yeah. it's unbelievable. Question number two: Before the creation of the Ernest P. Worrell character in 1980 by Varney and Nashville advertising agency Cardin and Cherry, Varney was featured on the Johnny Cash and Friends television series alongside what wild and crazy guy, also known for his skill on the banjo? We can lock in. Noted podcaster, I think. Do you know this one, Stacey? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, and someone I mentioned prosecuting earlier, <laughs> yeah, we, Steve we, Martin. We invoked him and he, and he appeared. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve Martin. The real life Beetlejuice. And speaking of uh, what Stacey said, what a great episode title uh, for a uh, true crime podcast, Prosecuting Steve Martin. <laughs> you guys are witches. It was Steve Martin. <laughs> that was weird. I just realized More... that I wrote down Stephen Martin. <laughs> That's what his mom calls him. <laughs> I was like, is that is that what you call him up in Canada? Mm-hmm. You're more formal up there with the, yeah. the Stephen Martin? Well, if we were prosecuting him, I wouldn't prosecute a Steve. I'd prosecute a Stephen. So that's true. Take the stand, <laughs> Stephen. Hence, thereforth comes. Ergo. Yeah, et cetera. Concordantly. But, uh, but what a jerk, right? More uh, <laughs> Grammy nominations and wins for bluegrass than for comedy. Mm-hmm. Big jerk. And then he hangs out with, you know, really uber talented people like Martin Short. What a jerk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Solid reference. Question number three. Varney was also a musician specializing in the mountain dulcimer, an instrument he played on the final episode of this Fox talk show fronted by a former SNL cast member and savaged by a New York Times critic in 1993 as, quote, a top contender for a compilation of television's worst moments. I'd rather forget it. (laughs) Sounds great. So we're looking for a Fox TV show that got panned? An SNL alum. I have a good idea on this one, but... I'm just trying to think if it was like a parody talk show, but they actually released it because they thought it would work and it got panned, (laughs) like a Stuart Smalley type thing. They went live with Coffee Talk. (laughs) Coffee Talk would have been great, (laughs) live. Um, Okay, uh, we don't really have an idea, so we're just going to lock in a guess. Um, there's something in the back of my mind that Dana Carvey had a talk show very short-lived, but you said you had an inkling, so I'm fine if that's... I remember Chevy Chase having a very, very widely panned uh, talk show um, where he seemed like he didn't want to be there and he didn't want his guests there, and it did not go I'm well for him. I'm guessing it was more than it seemed that. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds familiar for other projects he worked on. Not but... a popular man. Um, are you okay locking in with Chevy Chase? I really like that because Dana Carvey would have still been on SNL in 93. So. All right, we're going to lock in with Chevy Chase. I know this is incorrect. Uh, I was basically in the same line of thinking as Stacy. Dana Carvey had a show that was panned. There's a documentary about it that's really interesting. Uh, that's what, just what we went with, Dana Carvey. It was the Chevy Chase show. And I watched the clip of Varney on there. He's promoting 
uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Chase repeatedly calls it the Clampets. <laughs> and it's so awkward and so uncomfortable, but Varney is charming as hell, and he, he does a great job on the Mountain Dulcimer. Um, like, I, I have... Uh, you can tell that I, I really like Jim Varney. <laughs> I have said that uh, that uh, he deserved the career that Jim Carrey has. But mm. uh, anyway, anyway... He was super uh, talented. He certainly deserved better than... The, yeah, he certainly deserved uh, better than Chevy Chase. And Shakespearean um, trained as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, question number four. After more than five years of local television commercials, Varney's Ernest character hit national theaters with 1987's Ernest Goes to Camp, which was followed in 1990, uh, 1988 by Ernest Saves Christmas. If you wanted to save Christmas for your kids in 1988, this electronic entertainment system was at the top of trade newspaper Toy and Hobby World's hot toys list, beating out Barbie, Micro Machines, Pictionary, and Ghostbuster action figures. I love Micro Machines. Whatever happened to those? It's it's between the two of them. I'm just thinking about a gift that I got around that time, but but I mean, we can go with your gut if you want, because I steered you away from corn. So, so we'll I just. I think I remember that it was like I always thought that it was a little later, but it wasn't. That okay, That's, I'll I'll let you do it because then if if it was my answer, then we'll cancel each other out and then we'll be clean for the rest of the episode. Okay. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm leaning towards it's a video game of some sort, which I will be terrible with ears because I feel like I always got them like when the next one came out. So that's because you're in Canada. I'm... They always get there late. No, it's because my parents oh. were like, go play outside. Oh. I don't need that. Here's a hockey stick. Experience nature. Um, Here's a hockey stick. That explains why you're more successful like Game than Boy? Us. Is, <laughs> is Game Boy the uh, right time? Uh, Game Boy might be because Nintendo is definitely 85 is when the Nintendo came out. Um, and 88 is too early for Sega and for Super Nintendo because I believe that's 90 or 91. Um but yeah, I I think I think Game Boy is Game Boy. I can't talk to it. Game Boy. <laughs> I think Game Boy is a is a pretty good guess there. I think we lock in with that. All right, you guys are going with the Game Boy. I actually thought it was the Sega Genesis. Um, Neil wants to go Nintendo. I thought that was too late, so we're going Sega Genesis for for justice. Uh points for Neil. Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm. Still burning up the charts in 88. All right, so Justice. Justice, Justice has been uh, had. We're clean now. So you got corn, you got Nintendo. Now it's a, now we're starting. It's, a, it's Tabula Rasa. <laughs> Is that because you got no points? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have time. <laughs> Question number five. In 1989, for his work on his short-lived children's show, Hey Vern, It's Ernest, Varney won the first Outstanding Performer in Children's Series Daytime Emmy, beating Barbara Billingsley, Sonia Manzano, Fred Rogers, and which former Beatle, who also happens to be the shortest? For a double your pleasure, double your fun, degenerate gambler, gambler's double down or nothing <laughs> challenge, what legendary comedian received a nomination for the same role as said Beatle? Okay. We are locked in over here. We're locked in with both. So this is 20 points here, potentially. Potentially. Could be, could be uh, the comeback we needed. Okay. Well, I think my idea is pulling up to the station now. Do you have any ideas on what this could be? 
I'm, I'm toot tooting as well, because um, <laughs> it's definitely Ringo Starr and, and George Carlin. Yep. They're too smart for us. <laughs> That's what we said, too. <laughs> we, said, we said the same. Indeed it is. Ringo Starr and George Carlin. That's for Thomas the the train engine for the folks at home. Right. We, I don't think we ever said it out loud. <laughs> Famously, uh, yeah, the, the conductor played by George Carlin, who every episode he said the seven words not to see on television. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... You think they wouldn't have kept bringing him back for every episode, but he was. It's he a good bit. Well, Thomas was a real. <laughs> you could just drop a bleep in if you want. <laughs> or the train, the train sound. Well, we really needed the extra ten points because that brought us to thirty. And uh, how about the other team here, Jeff? Yeah, uh, you've got, uh, wow, a whopping uh, it's 50 points over there at uh, Rock Maple Syrup. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> no, that's correct. <laughs> Question number six. After he saved Christmas, Ernest found himself in the custody of the state in 1990s. Ernest goes to jail. In what metropolitan county, the largest by population in the U.S., would you find the largest by inmates jail system in the country? And no, it's not the one the Blues Brothers left. It's only the third or fourth largest. All right, we're going to go ahead and lock in here with a bad guess. All right, let's talk U.S. geography. Um, where has right, Stacy prosecuted Canadian. people? Yeah, where she sent people? Yeah, Canadian. <laughs> Sent all those those uh, dentists, malfeasant dentists to I I think him. Based on my experience living there, Los Angeles County had quite a few people. Um, they get, I think New York has multiple counties that make up the larger metropolitan area. But I'm pretty sure that everyone in Los Angeles is in L.A. County. So I would, I would lean towards that. Yeah, we had uh, really no, nothing educated to say about this, but uh, being sure to name a county with probably also a large prison population, we say Cook. Cook County. The question referred to Cook County, and it's not that one. That's okay. That's okay. But the answer to the question is L.A. County. Mm -hmm. L.A. Oh. County. Uh, so L.A. County, uh, Rikers in New York, Harris County in Houston, Texas, and Maricopa County, all about there and around the top five, So, in addition to Cook County. San Quentin then would be in Los Angeles County? Uh, that's, uh, that's prison. This is just looking specifically at jails. Oh, just jails. Oh, see, I, I was thinking huge, big prisons with big walls and whatnot. Yeah. Places <laughs> that, none that, of us would survive. Let's be real. That question escaped us. It did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that one. Question number seven. In addition to on-screen roles, Varney also voiced many animated characters, including Toy Story's Slinky Dog, Atlantis the Lost Empire's Cookie Farnsworth, and Walt Evergreen, for which Jason Alexander helmed animated series that ran on USA Network from 1994 to 1997. God, why is this game in my wheelhouse? Characters are welcome, Matt. You're That's good. why. You're good at this? <laughs> yeah. All right, they're locked in. What do you think? Do you know this? Do you know Stacy before we lock in if you want? No? Okay. If you want to lock in, go right ahead. Yeah. They don't get USA up there. <laughs> I, I don't know about a Jason Alexander-led animated show. I kept trying Me to neither. push it after Raw. That's how I know it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I have no idea whatsoever. Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim. Yeah, I, yeah, I really don't. Is that a don't. show, too? It might have been. It was definitely a video game. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I, I didn't even know he had an animated series. If this was like Howie Mandel or Louis Anderson, 
I mean, the tick maybe, but that was uh, that was I know, different. I know. But the current one is what Patrick Warburton. Uh, Seinfeld connection. Yeah. How about uh, we, we'll just say it's uh, it's it's the shrinkage. Okay. <laughs> Um, That's a very significant answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is a show that's pretty funny, and it actually left on a cliffhanger. They never resolved it, but I'm pretty sure that this is Duckman. Duckman it is. I've never heard of this. Jason Alexander, Eric Tiberius Duckman. It's it's an ugly, ugly show. Man. So what's it about? He's a duck? Yeah. Uh, private detective duck, right? Private yeah, duck. and it, there's there's a lot of twists where it's actually his brother. I don't know what it is. Oh, I've seen that cartoon. Oh, I do remember that show. I didn't know that was Jason Alexander. Yep. Oh, okay. Look it up. I, I definitely remember the art, that's for sure. Question number eight. In 1995, Varney starred in Slam Dunk Ernest alongside Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who played the Archangel of Basketball. Abdul-Jabbar is currently 16th. On the NBA basketball reference.com list of players ranked by points per game at 24.61. Who are the four still active players above him? Five points if you can name at least two. So I'm looking for the four active players in points per game in the top 15. All right. I said two obvious ones and Neil filled out two more. So we're locked in. Okay. So we'll start with LeBron James, probably. Do you have one? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, last time I was on this, I don't know if you recall, but I listed three wrestlers um, and or misnamed John Cena. So okay. probably now, this is going to be all you. Gotcha. So, so far I have LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant are probably three of them. And I'm struggling with the fourth one because um, I'm not sure if it's a younger player who's just scoring a lot. And he hasn't, he's only had high scoring or it's like an aging superstar. Um, but I think we can go with Anthony Davis as the fourth one. Um, I think if he's not above that, he's pretty close. So, all right, Neil, what did we have besides uh, Steph Curry and LeBron James? I was just trying to think of uh, players that scored a lot, that were popular, and whose last names sounded like a great law firm in honor of Stacy. So we went Lillard and Leonard for Dame, Dame Lillard and uh, Kawhi Leonard. I believe both teams are getting five points, uh, but you can check my math on this. So the answers are in order. Kevin Durant, oh, fourth place. LeBron James, fifth place. James Harden, Harden. 13th place. And Damian Lillard at 15th place. Uh, Steph Curry, 18th. Anthony Davis, 21st. Devin Booker, 23rd. Carl Anthony Towns, 24th. Kyrie Irving, 27th. Russell Westbrook, 28th. And Carmelo Anthony, 31st. So do we get points? We get five, yeah. Because I put Damian Lillard in there. Oh. Did you get five, Matt? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I completely forgot about Kevin Durant. Of course, and James Harden, all he does is score. He, does, he just doesn't win championships or but. play defense. Well, yeah. that's the funny thing is like it's like how did OKC not win a championship with the two of them? But whatever. And Russ Westbrook. Yeah, right. <laughs> Question number nine: In the follow-up to Slam Duck Ernest, Varney and his collaborators, enablers? Question mark <laughs> produced Ernest Goes to Africa in 1997. Quote, I was expecting way worse, but it was slightly watchable, if only from the wrongness, says one audience reviewer for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The film, along with such other notable pictures as Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House, 
The Kissing Booth 2 and 3, America Ninja 2, and Ernest in the Army were shot entirely in this African country. Oh, no, not Kissing Booth 2 and 3. Have you seen those movies? I've, I've dabbled in Kissing Booth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a huge film production center in this place that I know for sure. Okay. We'll lock in then. Oh boy, I don't know how much help I'd there be. Were, on this there one. were no, there were no clues other than the movies were filmed there, right? Like I didn't. Yeah. Miss... Okay. It... I'm inclined to say either Nigeria or Kenya, and Nigeria because I think Nigeria has like a kind of like an equivalent of Bollywood, like where they make a crap ton of movies in it. Okay. That's, the... That'd be my best guess. Would <laughs> be Nigeria. And in the air, shrug yeah. emoji. Um. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think then we're going to go with Nigeria. We talked it over. Uh, I know for a fact that South Africa has a huge uh, film production world. Uh, they film a lot of movies there, and it's increasing every year. And we just are kind of hedging our bets and saying South Africa. It is South Africa, mm. and I'm dying to know why it's cheaper for an American production to fly to South Africa and film this movie than it is, uh, especially when it's direct-to-video. Like that, that just like that blew my mind. Well, uh, and Wikipedia has a page where you can see all of the films that were shot in South Africa. Well, when you're really in Africa, there's some weird know, ones on the there. actor's reaction. You can tell, you know, on screen. Right, you're saving you're saving all that Hollywood cocaine money mm. in the budget. <laughs> well, I was gonna say the uh, do, I don't know if they're like uh, the state of Georgia, but do they shell out like big incentives to go there, Neil? Or? Yeah, there's a lot of incentives. Yeah, yeah and, and they're just building great uh, production facilities and whatnot, and uh, the weather is obviously pretty consistent. So yeah. All right, let's get the last question of the first round. Hopefully we can catch up a little bit here. The final Ernest film, Ernest in the Army, sees Ernest enlist because he wanted to drive big trucks. What trophy, which has nothing to do at all with the film, but is usually awarded personally by the President of the United States, goes to the winner each season of the college football series between the service academies of the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force? Any clue? (laughs) I, I've seen them give the trophy. I just, it's not, I know there's one of them is a pig, but that's a different college. Iowa did that one. There's like a golden pig. Um, just trying to think, like you said, like a missile. What would it be? Like a, a golden... silver torpedo. Atomic football. Yeah, just a suitcase, a golden bra- or a brass suitcase nuke or something. <laughs> um, By the way, when I'm saying these metallic uh, explosive devices, stop me if I accidentally name a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say? The silver torpedo? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little Navy-specific, but why not? Who cares? Silver torpedo. So this is not the question that we're catching up on. No. <laughs> well, that's okay. You probably won't fall further behind because I have no idea. Uh, Stacey, you a big college football fan? Yeah, and, and presidential medals yeah. is really one of my favorite things to read up on in my spare time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, and I didn't hear any, like, clues that could even be like, well, maybe we'll just throw this out. Yeah, I know. I mean, Army-Navy, the game every year is, like, it's nationally broadcast even though the teams are usually terrible because it is a big deal um i i mean like and it's not like a purple heart but like golden boot or i have no idea um feels like that's probably you know a soccer it is yeah the golden boot is for the guy Uh, who scores the most in the world cup i just mean like i I feel like they probably aren't gonna take it from them oh america's known to take some things 
from time to time. Uh, but like, wh- whatever you want to lock in with, is, I'm fine with Matt. Yeah. I honestly won't pick anything. We're, we're kind of the the platinum tank. The answer is the Commander in Chief's trophy. Oh, Commander in oh. Chief's trophy. Too obvious. And it was the platinum tank. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> what about, what about, well, we have 45 points in that first round. It's like you don't even care that I'm trying to keep score for once. Ken. All right. Stealing ba- my baby Jeff. <laughs> tell us what we got. Yeah. Baby Jeff. Uh, baby Jeff is coming in with a score of 45 points right now. But in the lead, Rock Maple Syrup with 75 points. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The swing round is needlessly complicated because uh, I I took notes on uh, my last one and it was too fun and too easy. So I thought, let's complicate things. Um, so we're going to alternate between the teams. Uh, it's 10 questions. So each, each team will get five. Uh, but this is second best at the box office. I will give you three clues. Uh, the first clue will be a year and the number one film at the box office. Your job is to tell me what was number two. If you don't get it after the first clue, I'll give you a two-word hint. And then for a third clue, I will give you the leads. And again, we'll alternate between the teams. The points will be, if you can get it just on the year and the number one film, 20 points. If you can get it with the two-word hint, 10 points. And if you get all the way down and you need the leads, it's five points. If at any point you venture a guess and are incorrect, your chance at that question is dead, and it goes over to the other team for 10 points. Okay. And um, this is the the second best grossing movie of the year, right? Not at that moment in the box office when the top movie is out, correct? So for the whole year. Correct. For the whole year, from Box Office Mojo's uh, domestic tally of in-year grosses. Okay. Let's get the first one. Uh, Who wants to go first? Uh, we can. We're right. we're behind, so All we'll right. start first. 1977, Star Wars. Let's just. Do you just want to get it? Get the second clue. 
Yeah, let's do the second one. Eastbound, down. So that would be, um, okay, baseball. Oh, possibly. what about um, bad news bears? What about like Thelma and Louise? That would be eastbound, down, down. That I like your thinking, but that would be eighties though. No, oh. not seventy-seven. So eastbound down makes me think of baseball. Um, could be Bad News Bears. It's about in that time. That was a pretty popular movie. But I mean, we could also I'm trying to think seventy-seven. We could get another clue if you All want. Right, let's get the clue. Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Sally Field. Oh, um, we're looking for. Um, oh my God! Now, of course, I have a brain fart right now. Cannonball run. No. Um, oh my God. Loaded up and trucking. There we go. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. All right. I couldn't think of the name. That's our official answer. Smokey and the Bandit for five points. Mm, good job, guys. All right. Question number two over to the other team. 1980, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm, I'm an adventurer. We probably need the clue, right? Yeah. I, I, I wasn't definitely. I wasn't seeing movies in 1980. I'll tell you that. Nor was I. <laughs> okay. Let's get that clue. Working ladies. Oh, it's nine to five. Okay. Nine to five is correct for 10 points. All right. Way to go. Good poll. Over to the other team for question number three. 1983, Return of the Jedi. Neil's going to take a stab Daughter? at one of these, just so you know. Clue, Neil? Yeah, we can take it. Daughter dies. And Sophie's Try choice it. is definitely not number Try two. too late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sophie's choice is a great one, though. <laughs> Chinatown would be, yeah, Chinatown is 79. I don't know what I'm thinking about Chinatown. Forget that. Forget, Forget it. Forget it. Um, Easy Daughter joke. dies. I feel like I know it, but let's. I, we're going to have to take a clue again, I think. All right. Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Winger. Uh, yeah, Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment for five points is correct. <laughs> I love how disappointed you are in yourself. Well, that was my guess, too, and I just didn't want to ruin those extra points, and I should have just said it. Question number four. 1985, Back to the Future. Uh, <laughs> you want the clue? Yeah, I'll take that one. Let's get a clue. Sly, sequel. So which Rocky came out in 1995? Uh, or 1985. 85 is, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's Rocky 3. Okay. I, I say we go with it. All right. Rocky 3. Rocky 3 is incorrect. Ooh. Over the other team for 10 points. Oh, we can't, it can't go to us. Um, you said it was Sly. What was the other clue? Sequel. Sequel. Okay. Sly sequel. The leads are Sylvester Stallone and Richard Crenna. So we're going to go, uh, Rambo, First Blood, Part Two. For ten points, that is correct. Uh, uh, I think it's five because you gave him the leads. Technically, no, it's a steal. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's it's a steal. Gotcha. We stole it just like the United States government stole John Rambo's dignity. <laughs> <laughs> you drew First Blood, not me. Uh, and we stay with them for question number five, 1987, Three Men and a Baby. Oh, that was number one that year. Jeez. So 87. That was number Good one. Good year. Year of my birth. Man. That is year of your birth. So here's the thing. So 87 is Dirty Dancing's year, which made a lot of money, but I don't know if it would be number two. Uh, I should know that. 
We just got some free points. You wanna? Yeah, let's just take the extra clue. Oh, you earned them. Wait, oh, you're you gonna gamble? Extra clue. Extra clue. I just don't know if it was number two though. It made a lot of money on a low budget, but it made 215 million. That's a lot. Neil's the person on the chase who takes the lower amount. I know. Uh, it's up to you. I mean, we could take one more clue, but 87 is Dirty Dancing. Let's gamble. Okay. All right. You want to go with dancing? it? We'll say Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing is incorrect. All right. Give us all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, the, the question is 1987, Three Men and a Baby. Second clue, Affair, Obsession. Third clue, Michael Douglas, Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. I always mix up two movies. Is this a basic instinct or basic instinct? Or is it the other one? I think it's the other but one. I... I think basic instinct is later. But I don't know what that movie is called. You guys should, um... you're probably going to have to stew on this one for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the other? Like, I always mix it up. Um, is basic instinct the one where she uncrosses her legs? Sharon Stone? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Every week for us in the <laughs> yeah. studio. I always mix these two movies up, so I, I realize that the plots may not be the same, but just they're like... They're, pr- they're pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they are similar? Okay, I wasn't every, certain. Every erotic thriller with Michael Douglas yeah. is pretty similar. Yeah. In every movie, he's he's portrayed way hotter than he really is. Oh, dang it. I, I can't pull it. I, I know it's right here, but I can't like grab it. Okay. Untitled Michael Douglas feature film. You get the moral satisfaction of a double steal, uh, but it was the other one, Fatal Attraction. Fatal. Yes, Fatal Attraction. I knew it was like, it's like a two words, two words. You were right they there. They were all two words in that like era of erotic yeah. thrillers. Yeah. All right, we'll stick with you guys for question number six. 1993, Jurassic Park. I feel like I feel like this is prime Disney era, but I don't know if that if this is like Beauty and the Beast, Just, but I think Beauty and the Beast is ninety two. Okay, well I guess let's get a clue. So it could then. be a Ala- it could be Aladdin. Okay, let's get a clue and see but if that'll. Let's get a clue. Sure. Clue is question flame. <laughs> Does that help at all? No. Yeah, I think um, that makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we had more information before we got that clue. I know. Now I have a question. Um, I guess let's let's get one more. Sure. I, I should have said at the beginning that some of these clues are real dumb, yeah. and uh, <laughs> some of them stray into wordplay. Uh, third hint here: Robin Williams and Sally Field. Oh, it's um, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubtfire then? Oh. Mrs. Doubtfire for five points is correct. Question in flame. I get it. 1996 and Independence Day. I'm not going to be able to do these on the first. Yeah, I, a couple of them I, I think I know, but not these ones. So, yeah, okay. let's, let's get the clue. Iowa State. Interesting. Iowa State. Feel the Dreams is 1989. Oh, I know it. 96. That could be Babe. Babe? Because it don't, doesn't he go to the Iowa State Fair? Or maybe not. Or maybe that's Charlotte's Web. I'm, I always mix those two up. <laughs> About some oh, pig. It could be Babe. Babe would be the movie if, yeah. you're, if you're confident that it's a pig movie. I'm just trying to think of Iowa State, I think, fair, but we, we could take another clue if you want. Right, let's take the clue. They'll get it now. 
That was that was smart. Uh, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Oh, duh. Twister. Twister. <laughs> Iowa State being the Cyclones. Twister is correct. Oh, that's a great clue. Cyclones, yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Uh, Twister is correct for five points. All right. 1998, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> this might be The Matrix, but I don't... I believe uh, Shakespeare in Love outgrows Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I, th- I thought... I thought the Matrix was ninety nine. I don't. I'm always a year off. Um, well, let's get the. I mean, yeah, let's get the yeah, clue. <laughs> now, this is definitely the least helpful clue. Oh, good. Great. Asteroid strike. Oh, is this? It's, it's either Armageddon. Armageddon or First Contact. No, I would say Armageddon. Deep Impact. Deep <laughs> Impact. And I don't. Sorry. How dare I? I know. Come on. <laughs> This is my favorite. It's, any two-word movies are the same for me, Matt. This is First my contact, favorite genre of movie. So really, the, the big question here is you have to make sure you choose the one that is on the Criterion Collection. So make sure you choose wisely. I think this is the one um, that Steve Buscemi's in, and we're gonna, we should go with Armageddon. I'm with it. Armageddon is correct for 10 points <laughs> with Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton. If you haven't heard the audio commentary for that, it's really funny because Ben Affleck is completely wasted and crapping on the movie. <laughs> Rightfully so. Question number nine, 2005, Revenge of the Sith. Ooh, that's good. Okay, so here, this is our turn, right? Yeah. All right, so just... And now we're starting to get into our... Right, our so I was, adolescence. In, I was in London, 2005. I saw Revenge of the Sith at midnight. Met at Tom the, Cruise. At the Electric Cinema in Notting Hill. <laughs> that year, I also met Tom Cruise at the War of the Worlds premiere which also grossed a lot of money with Tom Cruise. So I'm trying to think, would that be number two? <laughs> where he runs. To, you want to try to get this a lot 20, of money with Tom Cruise? 20, 20 points? I, I don't know if it was number two. It did I mean, gross. That would help let's, claw your let's way try back. The, let's try the 10. Okay, we'll go for the t- no, One more clue? Okay. Children's Fantasy. 2005. Hmm. Could that be Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe? Or... Oh, yeah, let me think. 2005... It's possible. I yeah. think the sequels didn't do very well. No, yeah, because they only had, what did like two of them, right? Like the Silver Chair and Prince Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian. Let's go with that. Okay. Yeah, we can go with it. With Liam Neeson and Tilda Swinton, that is correct for ten points. Wow. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It made that much money. I didn't realize it. Yeah. I forgot it was that old. Was Liam Neeson? Is there no Harry Potter film? That I came thought out for that sure year? this would be Harry Potter. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, uh, he glad, was. I'm glad I forgot about Harry Potter's existence. <laughs> Liam, ne- Liam Neeson was uh, was Aslan. Cool. And the final question: 2007, Spider-Man Three. See, now we're in we're in the heart of superhero movies. Yes, that's the dance. <laughs> Neil performing <laughs> the Toby here in the studio. Um, we're gonna probably need a clue, right? Probably. Um, I'm also going to let you know that this is the era in Europe, so I didn't see any movies, and I have no concept. They don't get movies out. there in Europe. <laughs> she was. Well, they dub them in. They dub them in Austria, and I refuse to see them in German. It was an art house French film. She only watched the films of Fritz Lang mm-hmm. while in Europe. And and Werner Herzog. <laughs> All right, for ten points, animated, threequel. Oh, so it must be Toy Story three. That- or Shrek three. Ooh, that's tough. What was the year? 
2007. 2007. I think that's too late for Toy Story. Oh no, because Toy Story 4 just came out. They take a long time. I like I like Sh- Shrek, I think. Because I Shrek graduated university and I remember going out for dinner with my prof with everybody who had graduated and she had just taken her kid to to Shrek. Yeah. To Shrek film. She's like, boy, Shrek really is awesome in German. <laughs> <laughs> How do they do the Scot what's the Scottish equivalent of the accent then? It's what uh like of a Bavarian twist. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm good. Let's let's lock in with Shrek three. Who knows? Okay. Shrek the third is correct All for right. ten points. Great job. With the uh, ability to get twenty points on each of the questions, the teams could have gotten a hundred or more potentially if they had stolen on these. So I thought the scores were going to be crazy, but it actually worked out quite well. Both teams getting thirty-five points, uh, which will bring Baby Jeff up to eighty and Rob Maple Syrup up to one ten. All right, awesome. Uh, can we get the second round now? See if we could catch up. So, round number two. Your GD right, Ken Bones. <laughs> Questions about Ken Bone, famous Ken, uh, famous Ken, undecided and voter, Bones. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite Ken. No lie. That's disappointing. <laughs> Sorry, Jennings. Oh, question number one. After Ken Bone, wearing his now infamous red sweater and glasses, asked a question at the second Clinton-Trump presidential debate, what titan of the early internet ran ads showing how users could pull together their own Ken Bone Halloween costume? I have no idea on this one. Is that why you showed up to my party? We'll, We'll say AOL. Okay. Oh, boy. What do you know about titans of early internet? I don't. I... I, I, are they looking for a person? Or I believe a person? it's a person, right? yeah. Oh, boy. Who is, who is but big? in America, companies are people, too, so <laughs> could also be a company. That's true. That's fair. Legally speaking. Uh, like, yeah, a I, live journal? Like, I don't know. I, it's not something I... Can't even think of like what people were doing in the internet. Well, here's here's a guy who was very big on YouTube that I could see doing this would be Smosh, and he did a lot of things similar to this um, video style. Are you okay locking in with that? No, I clearly have a very good answer, but I'm just throwing <laughs> <laughs> up in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Um, well, sounds great. We'll lock in with Smosh, and we're just sticking with AOL because we have no clue. The answer here is eBay. Mm. Oh. eBay. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah, my brain was oh. going to it the was, chocolate rain it was, guy. But. I almost said Tazon Day as well because <laughs> it seems like something he would do. But eBay definitely makes hide a lot more kids, sense. Hide your red sweaters. <laughs> he definitely was not uh, advertising for Reddit, though, is what we're saying. Yeah, probably for not. Ken Bone. Okay. Speaking of, question number two. Bones' advertising dollars dried up, however, after controversial past comments were discovered on his Reddit account. What's the feathery internet term often used in verb form for the inevitable disappointment that arises from a viral sensation's offensive past history? Oh, what is the name of this? That's the question, Matt. Oh, I know it. (laughs) Are you okay if I lock in with this really dumb answer? I'm 100% I'm very okay with it. Okay. I I know this one Ken. I just it's so this is when a figure gains prominence and then immediately loses that prominence due to cancellation. 
Right. Or or just something else pops up. Yeah. Just be, it turns out this person is terrible. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like Hindenburging. <laughs> Hindenburging. Yeah. Feathery. He said feathery verb. Um, or like Icarus. Icarus could be good. I, I don't know how, how the kids would be, you know, talking about Icarus, but or if they even know what Icarus is. They fly too close to the sun, they get burned. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, maybe we should make it a thing. Maybe they get hashtag Icarus. Right. We're going to say hashtag Icarus. Mm. Uh, this is where everybody loves the milkshake duck. It turns out the milkshake duck is a Nazi. You got milkshake ducked. <laughs> <laughs> what? That is absolutely correct. <laughs> milkshake duck. I like mine better. Makes a lot more sense. Do you yeah. have any flavor text the Jared effect. on the milkshake duck? No, it, it's from a thread where some, it was like, oh, look at everyone loves this duck drinking a milkshake. And then it's like, oh, turns out the milkshake duck was a Nazi. Milkshake duck is canceled. <laughs> and that's where it comes from. Internet. Yeah, yeah. It is, it, it is from a tweet. The whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you that duck is racist. Yeah. <laughs> Internet is so funny. That's way better. Than Icarus? Hashtag yeah. Icarus? Yep, that's way better. Sorry. All right. That's funny. Mine wasn't, I guess. All right. <laughs> Baby Jeff. Question number three. From the Greek for bone and hard, what's the medical term for the abnormal hardening and increased density of bones? That's the Ken effect. You're going to get yourself milkshake ducked over there. <laughs> <laughs> Watch yourself. My milkshake duck brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, boy. So you said it was the um, it was bone and hard? <laughs> yes. Sure that was the question, yes. So Neil wrote down an answer, and that's what I was thinking too, but I think that's actually the opposite. I think that's the bones getting less dense. And less strong. Oh, that's when the bones get soft, not hard. Yeah, you don't want that. Right. I mean, that's when you're. Yeah. Yeah. It's more joints, but let's go with it. We don't. We don't have anything better. I don't think. Okay. We're locked in. All right. I got nothing on this one, unfortunately. It's not about dumb internet stuff. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to pull from the recesses of stuff that I read for work, like. Bone is osteo, mm -hmm. and osteopor osteoporosis is the weakening of the bones. I think sclerosis might be the hardening of your arteries, so I'm wondering if it might be osteosclerosis. That and sounds very smart. I wrote down calcifying, and that's not even close. So I like what you said because it has a science. Uh, it doesn't actually have a science. It has a like vague me remembering reading these and then Googling what the hell does that mean. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> sounds pretty good. Okay. And we went with arthritis because we too thought osteoporosis was the softening or less less densening. What would you say? What's a better way to say that? De-densifying. De-densifying. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Matt, smarter than Jeff. Um, what's, <laughs> what is the answer? We said arthritis. The answer is osteosclerosis. Yeah. Wow, great answer. Correct. We're getting Finally, re Googling medical terms has paid off. That's why she's a roller derby captain. <laughs> because she makes our bones soft by pushing us to the ground. That's right. To train. Question number four. From 2009 to 2014, Ken Bone, no relation, was the basketball coach at this D1 University, an institution that plays its in-state flagship rival each year for college football's Apple Cup. 
<laughs> Ken just like threw his pencil. It was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm resigned to loss. The Apple Cup. So here, here these are the only things I'm going to say about this. It's probably a Southern school. They love football. They love cups. There's a lot of apples in the South. Can you name a state that has a lot of apples? Then I'll pick a college. What about the Big Apple? Well, I guess Michigan actually has the most apples per capita, I believe, in the United States, right? Or mm-hmm. something? Pure apples. New York has the largest Pure apple. Michigan. I don't know what you're saying here. Pure Michigan. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I'm, I don't know why. I'm just thinking, let's see, the Apple Cup, it's got to be D one school, in-state. What was, the, what was that uh, Hail Mary school that I chose at one time? Temple? Temple, yeah. I was just thinking, if it is Michigan, I would go like Michigan, Michigan State would be like. Right, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I believe that one's the Bunyan, right? No, Paul Bunyan. The Paul Bunyan, yeah. The problem with the Apple Cup is every two years you have to upgrade it, but I think and it's that... increasingly <laughs> more more expensive. Yeah, uh, I think that Washington, Washington State, and Washington and Washington State play for the Apple Cup. Um, oh no, Marcus is going to be so angry with us that we didn't pick out the two schools in one cup. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this game's ugly. Um, but I don't know if it would be Washington we or said no poop jokes. <laughs> Washington or Washington State. Do you have a preference? A preference between the two. Um, yeah, which one do you like better? Which one feels good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say Washington. Okay, Pure. we're going with the University of Washington. I tried to steer you in the question, in-state flagship rival. So that's that one's probably on me. Uh, they play Washington. Ken Bone coached for Washington State. Oh, oh man, so close. Uh, I hate sorry. when I get eighty percent of it right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Question number five. Sleazy attorney Ken Rosenberg proffered his services to mobster and protagonist Tommy Versetti. In this neon-soaked 2002 installment of a long-running video game series. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. All right, we are locked in for once. I mean, technically, I kind of stopped listening when he said video game series because I knew I was going to be of no service. Yeah, 2002 lawyer game. Ken Rosenberg. I don't know what any. like that Ace Attorney is the only one that I know of, but I don't know if that's neon soaked or objection. Here's <laughs> the Oh, you know what this is? I think this might actually be uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City because the neon colors of Miami, and uh, okay. I think Tony Vassetti is the main character in that. So I think we can go with GTA Vice City. We too said GTA Vice City, and R.I.P. to Ray Liotta, who did a voice in that game. Mm-hmm. He was the voice actor behind Tommy Versetti. Grand Theft Auto Vice City is correct. Great soundtrack on that game. Oh, wonderful. All right. And after five questions in the second round, we've got uh, Baby Jeff uh, moving up to 90 points. And Rock Maple Scissors. Nope. That's right. I, I, I've i been changing it to syrup or something. Oh, we're Rock yeah. Maple Syrup? Oh, that's I don't fine, know. too. It sounds delicious. <laughs> and adding another 30 points to extend their lead to 140 rock, maple, scissors. Question number six. Barbie's good pal Ken shares a last name with this frontiersman and explorer who was born in Kentucky, died in what became Colorado, is buried in New Mexico, and has a city named for him in Nevada. All right. In terms of American explorers, I can name 
three who were on the same expedition, if you know what I'm saying. But I don't right. see any Mo, of those Larry people and Curly, yeah, yeah. being born in Kentucky. David Spade and Chris Farley. Right. Um, but we could choose one of them. Yeah, I'm just trying... Well, think of what the most generic name would be because they're going to give Ken the most generic name because it's a doll, right? So that's my guess. Because I, I, Barbie's real name is... Is it Barbara Millicent something? She has a better, cool, a cooler name. I could, I can't remember, but... Barbarella? Definitely, no, definitely not Barbarella. What, yeah, what's the most, like, American simple... Explorer? Uh, of those, yeah, of just Ken. Oh, it's Ken's last name? I'll His last that. name is what we're looking for, yeah. Isn't it... Um... Johnson-less. <laughs> I used to know his last name. I know. I did, too. I, I researched Barbie and Ken's names just for trivia, and I have completely forgotten them now. Like, the uh, manufacturers forgot his junk. You'll learn it in the new Barbieverse movie that's coming out. All right. In terms of explorers, American explorers, I can name three from the same exploration party. Mm-hmm. And there I stop. So do you want to say it's Clark? Sure, Ken Clark. Isn't it uh, Barbara Millicent? Is it Rogers? I think so. Yeah, That's a good name. All right, so I was also kind of torn between Lewis and Clark. Did you have any ideas? So I I don't know if I'm just trying to make it fit, but like the name that popped into my brain was Carson, and then there's Carson City in Nevada. Oh, yeah. But I have no idea of who that explorer would be. Johnny Carson. Who came to sure. everybody's households every night. That's right. It's exploring. And went from Nebraska to <laughs> Yeah. California. Wherever. Let's let's go with Carson. Carson City. That sounds good. It's a great guess. Kit Carson is correct. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to the Canadian to rescue you guys. Yeah. I've had it with this kid. <laughs> We're, let's get a let's get a quick uh, palate cleanser here. Really Ken was uh, I found I found this tweet. At Brittany means it. One of my greatest joys in life is when Jeff calls the vet to make an appointment and they ask him his name and he says, Jeff. Then they ask our cat's name and I watch him gather his strength before he tells them, baby Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) At Brittany means it. Good good tweet. And uh, another palate cleanser. So, Stacey, you're giving us a beatdown with Matt. Isn't there a term in roller derby like when you physically hurt someone for the purpose of moving forward or something? Like a term? Jam. A jam. Is that what it is? Well, that's jam is just like the division. Like jam is like period or oh, like it's just the little individual or like a down. Yeah. Like a oh, okay. Or there's like a role on the team, um, right? Like enforcer or something like that. Jammer, uh, blockers right? typically Blocker? hit. Okay. Right, we're, getting, we're getting blocked. Try to score. We're getting blocked yeah. really bad. You just got jammed. And you were. <laughs> I feel uh, like what you might be jammed. What you might be thinking of is eat the baby, which is where the jammer. Like it's taken back and then swallowed up in the pack, and then the other jammer keeps going around and around. Yeah, I was eat, not eat aware of that. Jeff. Eat the baby Jeff. But I'm interested in this. <laughs> All right, let's crush get seven. It. You were correct, Ken. It is Roberts for the record. Question number seven The character, Dr. Leonard H. Bones McCoy, frequently refused to use this ubiquitous Star Trek invention, but in his defense, it was often the source of plot points and accidents. I, I believe so. Yeah. I love the original series. All right, we're locked in. I don't I don't know. I'm not a Star Trek guy. Do you have any idea I, here? 
I am not either, and the only thing I can think of is, I don't know what it's called, but the beam me up Scotty thing? Yeah. Is that, does he, does he just not use that? But then how does he get off of the ship? So I, probably not I think that this might be whatever their version of, like, hyperdrive is, because it's like they can't get away from the things that are attacking them because this thing's down, or they can't do it they don't have the power is what i believe this is possibly referencing okay but i don't know what what it's called so it's like the turbo thrusters or something like that but i don't know exactly what it is um light speed or hmm warp speed warp speed sure we're gonna say warp speed we're going with the uh teleporters um I believe in the new set of movies, he's afraid of like flying in general. I believe so. Yeah, Carl Urban in the new one. Yeah, much cooler. Bones. Damn it, Jim! So, so diverse, Carl Urban in his roles. The answer is transporter. Mm. Although I would have accepted the beam me up, Scotty thing. Oh man! Oh. <laughs> I signed aboard this ship to practice medicine, not to have my atoms scattered back and forth across space by this gadget. And uh, unsolicited plug, Strange New Worlds. Fabulous show. Mm. Fabulous. I've heard good things. <laughs> Question number eight. Because a simple broken bone isn't the worst case scenario, this medical term exists for a broken bone that protrudes through the skin. Terrifying. We're locked in. Oh, boy. I believe this is a compound fracture. I agree. I thought I always thought a compound just meant it like fully broke, but... Um, I can't think of anything else. I believe this is what happened to Joe Theismann's leg on national TV. I will, let's say compound fracture, sure. Okay. And we agree, compound fracture. The correct answer is to not watch that Theismann clip and compound fracture. Gross. Yeah, that was rough, yeah. (laughs) Terrible accident. Question number nine. Before he was the Whitewater Monica Lewinsky Independent Counsel, and even longer before he left Baylor University under accusations he ignored sexual assaults perpetrated by members of the school's football team, Ken Starr served as this for the George H.W. Bush administration, an office officially responsible for arguing the U.S. government's positions at the Supreme Court. I was hoping he was going to ask the name of the person. I was like, Ken Starr, I got it. (laughs) Ken Round, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> get a clue I don't I was thinking that too but I feel like that'd be too easy for that position that is specifically to go argue against the Supreme Court I think it is it's like that objection it's sustained yeah I mean, we could go with it I, I I feel like it might it's another person but I, I I'm not gonna come up with another lawyer category okay uh we think we have a read on this one so we're gonna go ahead and lock in though we're not sure I feel like this might be in your real house, Stacey. Do you have an idea? Well, it would be if I practice law in the United States, but uh, I do not. No. <laughs> I, in I mean, Canada, I... they have to wear the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> we do wear robes, but no wigs. Oh. Um, Still cool. Uh, <laughs> I believe that he was the attorney general. Attorney general? Yeah. Okay, I was going to guess that as the thing, but like... Yeah, it seems like a cool title. A.G. Ken Starr, attorney general. Sure. Yeah, we said attorney general as well. An attorney general, just for our Canadian listeners, is like an attorney, but in America they wear like an army helmet and ride a little tank. <laughs> Baby tank. Like Michael Dukakis. And my favorite fact is the plural of them are attorneys general. <laughs> Which is insane. It is. 
I feel like uh, I could give half credit, but I can't because they are two separate distinct things. Oh, it's Solicitor gen- General, isn't it? It is Solicitor General. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the general part's right. Well, we were generally correct. So I'd give us some. Uh, and apparently, the Solicitor General historically has worn like robes or wigs or something. And uh, when Elena Kagan was the Solicitor General, she says, Nope, I'm not going to do that. It's enough of that. National hero. Question <laughs> Question number 10. Within 50, what figure does the Guinness Book of World Records credit to Daredevil Evil Knievel as the number of bone fractures in his stunt jumping career? We are locked in with a number mm. of bones, which is how I do all my counting. Ken Bones. <laughs> David Boreanaz. Um, so... He's been he's been doing these jumps for quite some time, forty to fifty years probably, maybe even more. Um, he's not doing them now. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's still, I think it's still strap him on. Um, Permanent but, retirement. Yeah. <laughs> you can still strap him on. You say? Come on, man. <laughs> the new weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Good lord. The Snake River Canyon coffin jump. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, reset. So I think I think that at most he's probably what do you think he's been breaking? Like fifteen to twenty a year? That's a lot of bones. That's a lot of bones. But you have a lot of yeah. bones in your like, fingers and feet and ankles. True. And he probably like did one really bad one where he broke like several yeah. of them. You know, like what do you think? It's like um, 300, something around there? Yeah, sure. Let's go 300. I honestly have no like real inroad on it because it's going to be something ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, think. in the end, it's just a made-up number for for ah. whatever. So we're going to say 300. Sure. I don't know how he would have broken the bones in his ear, but I believe Evil Knievel once said he's broken every single bone in his body at least once. Yeah. So what do you have? Roughly 200-something? 206. Six. For an adult yeah. human? Um. We thought maybe around 300, too. So just to hit the 300 mark and get a little lower, we said 262. So I ran this game by, uh, of course, the awesome playtesters. And uh, one today was talking about, well, you know, when I hear within 50, I multiply that by about 10. I think I'm in the ballpark of 500. Answer is 433. Mm, Wow. a lot of bonage. He's the reason we can't have universal health (laughs) care. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the score, Jeff? All right. So still trailing, but not too far behind with a score of 110 points is Baby Jeff. And in the lead, Rock Maple Syrup with a score of 160. All right. Let's hear the final round categories. Your final round categories for this evening are Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison and Monroe. Hmm. Oh. Now these are all Canadian provinces. <laughs> One of them is a U.S. state. Jeez. Oh, and before we uh, get our wagers in, we just want to quickly thank all of our Patreon supporters for helping us drive this podcast forward. Yeah, we're uh, almost at 260 patrons at the time of recording. Hoping Not to get correct. Oh. 460. We're almost we at 462 on the last question. That, that's true. That's why I was thinking of broken bones there. But uh, 
uh, where there's no broken bones when you're a Patreon supporter of the show. Uh, you get all this free content. Uh, you don't have to worry about being like Paul Newman and The Hustler, uh, getting your thumbs broken uh, by um, Fats Domino, uh, which Minnesota Fats, excuse me, Fats Domino was a, was a musician. We're going off the rails here, but, but really all we're trying to say is thank you to all our patrons <laughs> for helping us uh, create nonsense like this. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast, you can get a ton of stuff, Jeff, and uh, what does that include? Yeah, so um, I think the nonsense that you just heard was way worse than the normal nonsense that we spewed on our monthly crop drops and bonus episodes, but you can get all that for supporting us on Patreon and much more. So just uh, if you can support us, we would love to have you check us out, patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. I thought Fats Domino was a pool player. Minnesota Fats is the pool player. Oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, we're back on this. How many how many bones did Evil Knievel break again? How many bones was it? 433. We got more Patreon supporters That's than true. Evil Knievel's Broken Bones, yes. That was our main goal. <laughs> and with that, the wagers are now locked in. It looks like our team at Baby Jeff is doing fives all the way down because we got slaughtered this whole game. Uh, the other team, Rock Maple Syrup, is doing 15s all the way down. So we'll see what happens. What are the questions? In the category of Washington, what Washington state jurisdiction retconned its origin name in, 19, in 1986 and changed who it was named after without changing its name? In the category of Adams, Blink-182's Adams song specifically invokes what other song in its lyrics? Take your time with this question. In the category of Jefferson, this man, Jefferson's second vice president, the one after the murderery one, shares his name with a funk musician. In the category of Madison, Dolly Madison Snack Cakes manufactures this tasty treat that comes in chocolate, vanilla, and raspberry flavors and is also a term for a witty comeback. And finally, in the category of Monroe, what, spe what specific place on a person could you find a Monroe piercing, the mirror reverse of a Madonna piercing? All right. Those are the questions. We'll be right back with our answers. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
All the answers are now locked in, so we're back, and uh, let's have the questions one more time, see if we can uh, conquer this game, but probably not. We'll see. So what place in Washington is playing fast and loose for or with who it was named after? Picked a place that sounded like it was named after a person, maybe, and we said Olympia for five points. Hey. And uh, we were discussing it and just started naming places in Washington. And then I said that Vancouver, there's a place in Washington named Vancouver. And I said that was named after a person and maybe it changed its name. And then we were trying to figure out 1986. That's when um, Expo 86 was in in Vancouver. So maybe that was the reason for changing the name. Okay. So Vancouver. William Rufus King is an obscure vice president from Alabama uh, who's notable only for um, taking the oath of office in Cuba and dying about, I don't know, three weeks into the administration. Uh, Washington was thirsty for admission into the Union. King County was named after William Rufus King. But Mm. in the 1980s, they decided, hey, how about we change it to Martin Luther King? King County, Washington. Much better King. Mm -hmm. Don King. They changed it again. (laughs) (laughs) Much less. (laughs) Lesser king. Lesser king. All right, let's get the next one. Adam's song specifically invokes what other song in its lyrics? The hint was, take your time. Yeah, that was the line, take your time, hurry up, was the line that we were zooming in on, and we couldn't really place it in another song off the top of our head. I think Jeff maybe knew it, um, but we said landslide. Yeah, uh, I know that sixteen just held such better days, but I can't. I have no idea. You, you sing so sing. Take your time. Hurry up in the in the song. Like, how does it go in in that song? The choice was ours. We didn't something enough. Yeah. All right. What is it, Joe? Yeah. Just tell us. Uh, come as you are. Oh. Nirvana. Well, we guessed. It, I mean, we we guessed Jeremy. Yeah. So we were we were in the right genre. Oh yeah. Indeed, it is Nirvana. Come as you are. Jefferson. Uh, had a second vice president who was also a funk musician. Uh, we thought of George Clinton, so we said Clinton. And we also thought of George Clinton, so we said Clinton. George Clinton it was. I'd watch that crossover. (laughs) (laughs) Or HBO miniseries. What's the Dolly Madison snack cake that also is a witty comeback? I don't think I've heard of these, um, but Neil said the word retort, and we know tort is a dessert, so we said tort. Um, I think I remember seeing these at convenience stores, and it's a very snappy comeback. We think it's a zinger. Ooh. It is a zinger. Well done. Yes, good poll. And finally, what specific place in a person could you find a Monroe piercing, the mirror reverse of a Madonna? Well, we learned uh, about another piercing on the previous episode, but uh, this we think is the left upper lip. Um, so we think the Madonna's on the right and the Monroe would be on the left. Um, well, we had a similar discussion and we landed on that it is above the right lip. So It is the left Aww. upper lip, the left all right so after the final round scores had been calculated unfortunately team baby jeff just did not have the legs <laughs> 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 
And they ended today with 105 points. But today's cream of the crop, rock maple syrup, 145. You can't stop the cream of the crop, Dutch boy. Congratulations. Well done. Great game, both of you. Yep. Somebody? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <Anybody>? Sure was. <laughs> Great very, game. Very gracious, Victor. Very gracious, Victor. We're we just, appreciate We're speechless from our performance. <laughs> well, Stacey, it was lovely to have you as always. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on again real soon. Um, any shout-outs for the audience to enjoy? Um. Well, I guess I'll do my usual shout-outs to my trivia pals in Butt Soup and um, Dab Jesus. And, uh, yeah, that's probably it, because those will be the only people who listen to me on here. <laughs> right, well, thank you again for coming on. Uh, will, another great game, hilarious uh, questions, hilarious clues, and a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. I will shamelessly plug my podcast on the way out the door, Bat Chat with Matt and Will. We Each week we take about an hour. We rank three Batman stories on our big board of uh, over our 120 now. Oh, awesome. That sounds really cool. So if you cool. like Batman comics, give us a listen. We might need your assistance uh, on a future bonus episode that uh, could revolve a little bit around the bat. Uh, we'll have to talk later about that and tease it for, for the listeners. But thank you both for, for joining us today, for being Patreon supporters, along with all the other great folks who help make these episodes possible. For Matt, Ken, Jeff, Stacy, Will. Don't forget Baby Jeff. And Baby Jeff, who <laughs> doesn't have the legs yet, but they will one day. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Ta-da. What they really need is the trophy of the chairman of the board trophy, which is carrot top on a surfboard emblazoned in in gold or brass. Hopefully not. No one needs that. Brass probably. And Will's next round is all about carrot top. (laughs) Surprise.